Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Okay, today I want to teach you a little bit of Greek. I uh, want to talk a little bit about my dear old dad and uh, I want to teach you how to dance. Uh, I remember vividly um, sat around our dinner table back in 1963 when on the radio came a, um, a, a little slot of an interview with the guy who'd written a song and that this song was taking uh, the church by storm. Now, they meant the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church, uh, but it was becoming a, a go-to song, a, a, a real expression of their spirituality and, and, and journey. And uh, the name of the, the song, which is really a hymn that was written, uh, was Lord of the Dance. Well, you know, they played this song where my dad, uh, he just didn't sit well with him, bless his heart. Uh, I mean, he was raised in... Um, in a situation where uh, where his mum uh, was was had become part of the Pentecostal evangelical uh, community, and my father, uh, um, in his late twenties, also was drawn in, and uh, he became a believer and part of that. But of course, within that context, there were certain beliefs and thoughts, and um, uh, one of them was he was very sectarian. Uh, one of them was that. Uh, uh, Catholics weren't really true Christians, you know, despite the fact that uh, they had the biggest adherence uh, of any group across the globe to the Christian message and the, and uh, and to following Christ. Uh, but they weren't real Christians, um, you know, and they couldn't really, in our terminology, really be saved because if they were really saved, they wouldn't be able to uh, do church the way they did church or believe what they believed about the saints, etc., etc., uh, and so, and so, from that from that background that uh, that my dad had, then being introduced to this Catholic song, which was now about the Lord of the Dance, that any suggestion uh, that the divine being, the divine presence in the world, uh, would be involved in some kind of a dance. Uh, that we too also on an equal level were invited to participate in uh, was just, I mean, this was a bridge too far for my dear old dad. Um, and of course he came from a, a, a culture where uh, when he became a, a Christian, when he, when he became a, a follower of Jesus, he was taught that, um, you know, uh, you don't go dancing anymore. That's just, you just don't do that. Um, because, uh, you know, dancing is where iniquity and sin takes place. And so, and so if you're a real Christian, a real Christian back then, you know, you didn't go to the pictures, you didn't drink, you didn't, uh, you certainly didn't go dancing. Uh, you know, you left all that behind. So, so now this idea of, um, of uh, Lord of the Dance, that somehow God involved in this, 
it was just too much for dear old dad, bless his heart. I understand why he came to that conclusion, but uh, I have since come to understand that that probably wasn't the, um, the fullest understanding of what was being presented. See, this song was written out of uh, the grasp of a, a word that was, um, was incorporated into the language of the early church fathers, which is the word perichoresis. Perichoresis, it's a Greek word. And uh, this, this Greek word um, is made up of two words, peri, uh, around or surround or circle, and um, uh, uh, choresis, which is to do with dance, okay? It's to do with um, a circular dance. And um, of course, choresis is, is the word from which we get our word, English word, choreography okay to do with dance choreography so so this perichoresis was the word that that for the early church became associated uh with the trinitarian view of god you're familiar with that the idea of, of father son and spirit that you could not um you could not explain or engage with a full understanding of the divine being that we would call God, uh, unless you could understand that there were elements and attributes and personalities within him, which had a distinction in their own right, but were also one and the same. So it's the whole thing you've probably heard of, of, of uh, God in three persons, okay? One God, three persons, three in one, one in three, all intermingled together. Well, this this whole, this word perichoresis was was brought into the conversation to try and uh, give some sense of the interaction between these understandings of the the different elements of what made up uh, the divine presence. So so this perichoresis became associated with, with the Trinitarian view of God. And so I've been having a few thoughts on that that I want to share with you. You see, you see, whatever my dad may have thought of it life is a dance to what to to a seemingly increasingly complex tune at 64 years of age I can now say that life is a dance to a seemingly increasingly complex tune with a constantly changing rhythm and uh, you don't get to sit this one out now what's interesting is my my son has danced professionally and has been a professional dance teacher uh, and still is uh, he's an amazing dancer my daughter also is a great dancer and uh, musical theater um, and um, uh, I've done lighting for dance shows and um, I I love to watch particularly contemporary dance um, uh, uh, not as keen on ballet, but I love to watch a dance show. Now, having said that, I don't dance myself. I absolutely, irrespective of my son and his professionality and all that, I don't get dancing. Why anybody would want to dance, um, like go to a dance and dance with another person, is absolutely outside of my frame of reference. It makes completely and absolutely not one ounce of sense to me. 
So you've got somebody coming from that perspective explaining to you a little bit about uh, perichoresis. What I have understood, even if I don't do that kind of dance, is about the dance of life and where in the context of of uh, dance in every other form, I would choose not to participate, okay? You understand the term, sit this one out. I would, I would sit everyone out. But the dance of life, you don't get to sit this one out and neither do I. It, it starts from the moment that we enter stage left, the day that we're born. The music starts and we begin the dance and it continues until we leave stage right on the day that we die um, breathe our last breath speak the name of God hopefully with something more celebratory uh, than morbid at that point of a of an enjoyment of what has happened um, but the question then is are you dancing the survival dance or are you dancing the sacred dance perichoresis is an attempt to introduce us to a sacred dance, a sacred dance that incorporates the inner part of us. It incorporates spirit as much as flesh. So if Jesus is the representation of flesh, and God is a representation of the divine sense of love, the divine actual being of love, and the Holy Spirit is, is the expression, the representative, the interactive organism that links all these things together um, in 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 their in their uh, presentation and expression and and doing and work and reality, then in the same way there has to be a sacred dance in us where spirit becomes as much part of this as flesh. See, I said this to you last time I talked, the church has invested way, way too much time and energy in developing people's conscience rather than their consciousness. So we have made people far more aware of the presence of something we would call sin than they are about the presence of the one we would call God. We've made them far more have a conscience about the depraved nature of humanity rather than a consciousness of the inherent presence of loving kindness and grace within humanity and uh, and in and on and towards us so so because we've invested more time and energy in developing people's conscience rather than their consciousness we've not been taught how to dance well the church has not taught us how to dance well, uh, and uh, we need to change that. See, at, at the core of the church's attempt at understanding this, this, this dance was was the doctrine of God as Trinity. Um, it, the, the, it does not ever say in the Bible um, that that. There is a Trinity, Father, Son and Spirit. It's something that has been compiled in, in the best effort to try and understand the mystery of this uh, one and yet many, many and yet one. And the interactive movement, the dance that takes place, that, that releases the energy uh, 
the power, the presence, on a very real experiential level, of the divine uh, within our world. What I like about the doctrine of Trinity, because Trinity 3, Father, Son, Spirit, what I like about the doctrine of God as Trinity is, is and I think maybe this was a little bit in the minds of, of those who, who first presented this, is it breaks down the binary system of the mind. We tend to think everything in binary terms. Now, you understand binary means two, uh, two things, two. You know, we use binary code in computer science, etc. Binary means two. Um, here's the problem of the binary system of the mind, and I think you'll see this straight away. Here's, here's the binary system of the mind. We think in terms of in or out, right or wrong, either or, black and white, master slave, us and them, win or lose, reward or punishment. And of course, on the church level, it became clergy or laity, the binary system of the mind. So the doctrine of God as Trinity challenges the binary way of thinking. And I like it for that reason. Uh, See the Trinitarian perspective and the, and the perichoresis, the sacred dance in which they participate, is an attempt to explain what it is that frees us from the survival dance and the two-legged stool. Two-legged stools are not easy to sit on. That's another way of binary thinking. Ever tried to sit on a two-legged stool? Good luck. Uh, your uh, attempts to balance it have to be very precise and exemplary. Otherwise, you're going to fall. Uh, and yet, if we have binary thinking, it's like trying to live life sitting on a two-legged stool. Uh, and two-legged stools are not easy to sit on. What we need is a third leg, maybe a fourth leg. And I could talk about how uh, in some of the wisdom of Scripture, there's the fourth leg, which is what Paul called the church, the body of Christ, right? That he is the head, we are the body, Father, Son, Spirit, the church. That's another conversation. What it does, it not only breaks us from binary thinking, but it brings us into a dance. It brings us into a, a, a multi-participatory experience that gives us stability. Okay. See, see when we talk about thinking, I just didn't sit right with me. What do we mean by it just didn't sit right? Uh, here's my proposal. Things don't sit right. When things don't sit right, it's, it's because they have too few legs or legs of unequal length. That's why things don't sit right. So our introduction to binary thinking comes right at the beginning of the Bible narrative. We, it, 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 we're introduced to get a handle on this right at the very beginning when in the Garden of Eden, which is a, um, it's a it don't get stuck on it as um, the literal place of two literal people. Uh, think of it more today in terms of this narrative is, is, is opening up to us some keys, tremendous keys. Uh, I think one wonderful one is about uh, the role of chaos in, 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 in life, <laughs> which we've talked a little bit about that before. 
But it introduces us to this challenge of two trees. Okay, tree of life, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And then with this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, uh, it introduces us to two perspectives. Okay, the perspective of good and the perspective of evil. So binary thinking, uh, we are exposed to binary thinking right from the very beginning. And it comes with a health warning. Okay, in case you think, well, that's the way to think. No, it comes with a health warning. The health warning was that the day that you eat of that tree, you will surely die. In other words, you will not find the steps to the dance of life and therefore be able to engage in that perichoresis, that sacred dance where the divine and, and, the, and the human uh, interact and integrate in such a way that there is peace and life and joy like the tree of life. Uh, you will not be able to do that uh, while ever you engage with and embrace just this level of binary thinking. It will, it will, it carries a health warning. Don't eat from that tree, you'll surely die. It's a two-legged stool, okay? And it doesn't work. So this introduction of the third, which is what the Trinity is all about, we introduce the third. It it's primarily breaks that... Uh, the mind's binary way of thinking, okay? It's to break us out of that binary thinking. And be honest, you know, you and I all approach everything from a binary perspective. All those things I've said about right and wrong, good and evil, in and out, black and white. Uh, and yet, to, to dance the dance of life, you have to get out of that. You, you, it, it's not, it's not the uh, smoochy, lovey-dovey, Jesus is my boyfriend, just me and him. Uh, dancey dance that some of you out there want it it's a circle dance a circle dance is when you integrate when 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 more than two people uh, are together and you dance together uh, in a sharing process of a giving and receiving of life to each other so this this introduction of the third shows an interflow of relationship that corrects the imbalance of the in-out, the right-wrong, the either-or, black-white, master-slave, us-and-them, win-lose, reward-punishment. And it, 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 um, it corrects that imbalance with the introduction of forgiveness, tolerance, acceptance, mercy, loving-kindness. This was Jesus' teaching of the dance steps. Faith, hope and love are Paul's teaching, Paul's contribution to the dance. Possibility and potentiality are science's contribution to the dance. Mystery and paradox are the mystic's contribution. And so we could go on about these contributions to this sacred dance. I think the desire of those early church fathers was to impart that perichoresis with the full expression of divine presence that they called Trinity, was so you might grasp that their story, Trinity's story, is your story, and that your story is their story, and now we become part of the perichoresis, the sacred dance. And, 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 and I think they were trying to get over that this is better experienced... Hence the reason perichoresis is a dance. A dance is an experience. It wasn't about uh, ticking boxes and filling in forms. 
Uh, it was an experience. It's a better experience than explained is this whole idea of perichoresis, where their story is your story and your story is their story. This idea of Trinity may not answer all the questions, but it sure gives much more sense of peace within the questions as far as I'm concerned. So my great question for you today is, are you dancing the survival dance or are you dancing the sacred dance? Let me finish up by reading you the words of the song that upset my dad so much, but maybe it'll bring you some life today. I danced in the morning when the world was begun and I danced in the moon and the stars and the sun and I came down from heaven and I danced on the earth. At Bethlehem I had my birth. Dance then, wherever you may be. I am the Lord of the dance, said he, and I'll lead you all wherever you may be and I'll lead you all in the dance, said he. I danced for the scribe and the Pharisee but they would not dance and they wouldn't follow me. I danced for the fishermen, for James and John. They came with me and the dance went on. Dance then wherever you may be. I am the Lord of the dance, said he, and I'll lead you all wherever you may be. And I'll lead you all in the dance, said he. I danced on the Sabbath and I cured the lame. The holy people said it was a shame. They whipped and they stripped and they hung me on high and they left me there on a cross to die. But dance then wherever you may be. I am the Lord of the dance, said he, and I'll lead you all wherever you may be. And I'll lead you all in the dance, said he. I danced on a Friday when the sky turned black. It's hard to dance with the devil on your back. They buried my body and they thought I'd gone. But I am the dance and I still go on. Dance then wherever you may be. I am the Lord of the dance, said he, and I'll lead you all wherever you may be. And I'll lead you all in the dance, said he. They cut me down and I leapt up high. I am the life that'll never, never die. I'll live in you if you live in me. I am the Lord of the dance, said he. I bless you today. Join the dance that sacred dance and may the experience fill you with some great sense of your oneness with the divine today and how much you're loved bless you catch you again later thanks for listening to another q york podcast if you've been inspired by what you've heard today then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from we love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash Q Church York. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.